Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up on a two-hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Both with the topics, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. So sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What up, fam? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the Bull Dev Mac, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brother. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building. Uh, B. Austin is off seeing his grown woman daughter graduate uh, from high school. I know he's not all right right now, but um, shout out to him and the family. Um, the NBA Conference Finals, man. They're pretty much, in my opinion at least, a snore fest. So we're going to discuss some other things happening in the world this week. So sit back, relax, bust it up again with your guys in the war room, which is the greatest man cave in the history of Earth. Uh, you can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bottom Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter or IG at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. Blueprint, what up, fam? Another week, another American tragedy. Uh, What's good with you? Yeah. I'm chilling, man. Only in America. These these days, bro, every week is something new, man. It's, it's, It's wild out here, yo. Be safe, everybody. Yeah, definitely be safe. Um, I said, only in America. And when you say that, it's not that much of an exaggeration because they put out some statistics of, you know, incidences like this. And while America is somewhere up in like the 200s, <laughs> the closest country is Mexico with like eight mass killing incidents. Um, it's a shame, man. You know, every time this happens, which at this point is like every, you know, couple of weeks, you get the argument back and forth about gun laws and, and, and this and that, and you got the same pig-headed people going back and forth at each other, and we seem to have gotten nowhere um, <laughs> from all the stuff that happens. Um, if there's anybody out there living under a rock and doesn't know exactly what we're referring to, um, earlier in the week in – uh, at an elementary school in Texas, man, a gunman entered the school, killed 19 elementary age children, two elementary school teachers. Um, just another horrific uh, incident going down in these United States of America. Um, the crazy part about this one, Jim, they was like, since the moment the dude walked into the school, 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, since the moment he walked into the school and shot a security guard, he was in the school from like 40 minutes to an hour before he was shot dead by U.S. Border Patrol officers. Um, witnesses say outside they were urging the local police to rush into the school and, and take care of dude, um, and they wouldn't do it. 
Now, the police, on the other hand, say that they did rush in. They were met with gunfire. They took cover. So, you know, basically one dude backed down the whole police force, and then U.S. Border Patrol had to come show the amateurs how to do whatever they needed to do. But 40 minutes to an hour, can you imagine how horrific that was for kids and students to be, you know, hiding and locked down for that long, not knowing if you were going to live another minute? Like, how crazy is that, man? Yeah, that's that's, that's brutal, yo. That's like some movie-ish. Like, right. I don't even want, I don't want to have that feeling. And to be kids, too, like, it's, it's, heartbra- it's just heartbreaking, yo. It's, it's extremely heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely had to uh, to shed a few over this, man. Um, Because I always say, man, like, something like that ever happened at my kid's school. I mean, this guy was shot dead, but a lot of times, you know, these dudes get apprehended and and face charges or whatever. I I just know, like, when I enter the courtroom for whatever day, like, we got to go to court to – for for whatever's happening, whatever he, whatever kind of hearing it is, the trial or whatever, like I'm not leaving out of there. Like I'm going to jail at some point. Like, and it depends on how quickly they get me off of the dude of like what I'm going to jail for. You know, it could be anything yeah. from simple assault to murder, but it depends on how quickly they get to me. Um, if I'm the parents of one of these kids, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's just crazy, man. School is like. You think that's the safest place that you can send your kid. And these days you got to, you know, worry about stuff like this going on. Um, It was already a shame. Like my kids come home several times during the year talking about they had to do their lock. They they call them lockdown drills. You know, they're pretty much active shooter drills. Um, Only one of my kids even understands at this moment what they're actually doing and why they have to do it. And it's it's crazy that you got to talk to to kids this young about stuff like that these days, man. America has a real problem, whether it be with guns, mental health, whatever it is. It it just got All issues the above. everywhere. So now it's threats All the above. everywhere. There was a threat in my neighborhood at the the Walmart store. So they're telling us for like the next week, don't go to Walmarts in these areas, and they're naming all of these black areas in Prince George's County because there's been threats of people who claim that they're going to go to these stores and kill uh, black people. <laughs> and um, there were rumors Yo. that at the Walmart store there were two white guys in there. One got apprehended with a gun. You know, there's a lot of pushback on that, saying that it's not true. I'm I'm I still I'm still like it could possibly be true, but Walmart don't want that kind of you know that kind of publicity, so they might be pushing back to say it didn't happen. We don't have any record of this, but it's just crazy that you got to think about this kind of stuff. Man. My thing is like with the folks that are doing this, like what are you trying to? I want to kill black folks, so then what? Like what what is your like what are you doing? Then what? Right. Right, in, no, in that instance, it, and, and we're on, we're not, of course, just telling everybody, we're not talking about the school anymore, because that wasn't like a Buffalo thing, that wasn't just uh, people of color, um, but we're talking about the threats that are coming out in certain regions of the com- country right now, and and yeah, like you say, you, you go into a store, if you hate black people that much, you go into a store and you kill 15, 16 black people, 
have you rid yourself and your people of the black person problem in America? That you the, the black yeah, person I'll, problem I'll that you perceive that. in America because you you murked like fifteen of them and probably died yourself. Like what does yeah, it? I don't, I don't, I don't even do? get I don't get that logic or or yeah. like what's the play like? Fuck is he right. doing? And then you know in some areas you gonna come into the wrong area with black folks and do that. You might not get one and and your ass might leave in a body bag so. <laughs> yeah, I don't get this is weird, like, man. That America just always got to turn to violence, no matter what the issue is. It's got to turn to violence. Hey, man, that's what we that's that's what we built on. Yep, we built on violence. <laughs> Brody and, and violence. Yep, and oppression. All right, man. So yeah, that's that's been the big story in life in the past few days. Um, uh, prayers out. Shout shout out to all the the, the people that have to deal. With this crazy uh, tragedy, man, it's, it's just too many, man. It just happens too much yeah, in this really country. Really something needs to be done. Um, rather yeah, man, it's than too much. it's just so much from wild times we live in, man. When you look at gas prices, the violence, the the inflation, the economy is in a tank. Like it's, it's always, a scary times we live in. It. Like, it's, Yo, it's, it's scary times because it's like, you know, when you look at everything individually, it's one thing. But you start thinking about everything going on right now at the same time, it's real scary. Yeah, you, ain't, here, yo. you ain't talk about the pandemic that's had us in the house for the past two years. <laughs> it's just yeah, a crazy time that. to be alive. Yeah, now people Joe catch Biden a monkey pop. Fuck is a monkey pop. <laughs> yo, yo, I heard I heard that's like, like coming through like the wolf. God drawn, man. It's yeah. They said there's a, there's a case in Virginia now, so it's getting closer and closer. I mean, reading about it when you heard about the first case, it's supposed to be a really rare, you know, virus. Um, only in certain cases could it be fatal. But still, we just don't need anything else. You know what I'm saying? We we need a break right now. Yeah. So please, monkeypox. Stay over there with them gorillas <laughs> or whatever you're doing. All right, man. So let's um, y'all know what it is, man. Before we get started, man, we just want to remind you that whether you're with us live or not, anytime on demand, you can check out archived episode of the War Room and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Those are shows like uh, the Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Podcast, the Broad Street Line, Superstars, John Appetit for all you foodies out there. On the couch with the Wilsons, if you like to sit on the couch and watch TV and movies, after further review with the mayor and a whole lot more. Um, so, you know, you can get all of that stuff at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. There is never, ever an excuse to miss an episode of any show on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. So make sure you don't, especially when you got that free time and you're looking for something to occupy that time. All right, so Hot Topics are brought to you by MyBookie, War Room Family. It's time for you to make some money sports betting at MyBookie. If you still haven't checked them out, then it's time to stop wasting time. It's time to place a bet. Lay down some money on all the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at MyBookie.ag. I know it's been a little difficult to to bet on the, the conference finals in basketball because just when you think – Somebody's taking control of the series with a blowout. They get blown out the next game, and it's been going back and forth like that for the whole playoffs. So right, we get it, but there's no excuses when you do win. You get paid. You get paid fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting 
So you can place wages after Kyle Lowry jumps up to nip the net before tip-off. So join now. My bookie will match 50% of your first deposit, up $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word. That'll activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get your bread. That's all there is to it. Um, and NFL news, man, your, your, your boy, Colin Kaepernick, he uh, had a workout for the Raiders earlier today. I'm not sure on exactly how it went uh, because when we got wind of it, it still hadn't happened yet. I actually just, you know, just looking up at the monitor, I just saw um, a couple of highlights from it, him getting some of his throws in. Um, what's your thoughts on this, man? Do you think a team like the Raiders or anybody else, because I heard there were two other teams who had interest before, um, and I don't know who those teams are, but I heard two other teams had interest before he did this workout with the Raiders. Do you think these teams are just trying to look progressive by giving him the time, or do you think somebody's really looking, you know, to pick up a quarterback that hasn't played in the NFL for almost six years? At this point, <laughs> I think that I think it might be both. I think both things could possibly be true, mm-hmm. and it might be both. I think someone will be willing to give him an opportunity, just because. I mean, let's face it: quarterbacks think for the most part. Quarterbacks always think for the most part. It's the most difficult position to um to get to fill on your squad, and it's also right. the most important position. So, right. and I even like even quarterbacks that like, show flashes, it's hard to be consistent. Hard to turn into a yeah, superstar. So I, so I feel like there's a situation where if someone feels that he can give them enough to like win a game, mm-hmm. they'll take a chance now that like con- things have kind of blown over. I was about to say um, the noise has died down a lot, so I, I don't think. Yeah, it's so the now same I, I take a chance situation. and it works out, and then I'm I'm a hero on, on many fronts now. I gave Cap I gave Kaepernick the opportunity when no one else will. You know, you play that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I got the W. So, to me, you know, it's just a matter of timing. The timing is right for this. If it, yeah. if he goes up there and he sinks it up, then I don't give him a shot. But I could also still say, hey, I gave him a shot. So, I think it's a combination of both of the things you asked. Like, if, it, if we can figure out a, make, a way to make this work out and I look like a genius, so be it. Right. But if it doesn't work out, I could always say I gave him a shot. And And with us, for all of these years, for the five and a half years that this whole thing has been going on, like, one of the hardest things to gauge was whether or not Colin Kaepernick really wanted to be back in the NFL or, you know, does he go through the motions with his public want to get back into the league and these couple of workouts that he's ended up doing just to, you know, to, to keep the NFL being the bad guy. And, and, and make no mistake, the NFL has always been the bad guy in the situation. I'm just saying just to, to, to keep that um, that whole narrative going. Like sometimes I wonder if if his want to get back in is real. But we're still doing this almost six years later. I hear him talking, you know, to people in interviews. It's starting to sound to me like he just really has – still has a love for the game and he wants to get back in it. Personally, and I think you felt this way as well, Jim, um, because we've talked about it so much, but I think the I think the 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 premium story storyline going forward twenty thirty years from now is if he had if he never plays in the NFL again. I think he goes down as a way bigger martyr 
than, you know, whatever he's going to go down as now. I mean, I think the story would always be better if he, you know, gave it up and never played again. But, hey, if you got the love for it, then you got the love for it. So, you know, good luck to him. Yeah, absolutely, man. Good luck to the God, man. And also, I think it'll bring a lot of hype to that week when, you know, he's whatever team he's on. But also now, you know, thinking about it, is that like a big distraction too? Like if you bring him in, are you bringing him in as a starter? Right. Probably not. And Yeah, not not on that particular team. But they do have, you know, a quarterback who has been injured before. Um, So I don't know. We'll see. But think about it, right? Think about think about the fact that the most popular guy in town is always the backup quarterback. <laughs> right, and in like this case, in super literal. Right, in this case, it's gonna be yeah, even crazier. He's always the backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's a crazy yeah. So I mean, you know, we'll see what happens, man. But uh, good luck to the brother. I definitely want to see him succeed. I want to see him come back and be better than he was the first time he played. That'll yeah. make for an amazing. That'll make for an amazing story too. It definitely would. If he somehow and actually, came back and you know. And and actually, I you know, and I would think there's no excuse for him not to. I know people are like, all right, you ain't played football in six years. That's a long time. But I think it's a little different with a quarterback because with a quarterback, it's just all about health. Like, as he would have gotten older had he played in the league anyway, his style of running, you know, carrying the ball, all of that would have slowed down anyway. So if you got six years and you really had that love – and you've really been trying to get back in the league, like, you you should be working on that accuracy and all of that kind of stuff. So he mess around and come back a whole different quarterback. And like you, yeah. like, if he is going to come back, I root for him to do that. Prove a lot of people wrong. Because, you know, as much as I love Cap for what he did, I never thought that highly of him as a quarterback in the first place. But six years off, mm-hmm. NFL-level training, I don't know. Yeah, you got time. <laughs> like you got time to sit around and watch. Yeah. yeah, you got time to sit around and watch and and, and get better mm-hmm. in, in terms of thinking about how the game is played and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I can see him come back and being better, and I, I hope that happens. Yeah, and speaking of backup quarterbacks, man, probably the most uh, famous backup quarterback in Philadelphia Eagles history um, has a job, has a, another job, and it's um, keep a job, but. He has another job, and it's a little bit related to what he did in Philly because he is back with Coach Frank Wright, um, and he's with the Indianapolis Colts right now. So shout out to Nick Foles for getting another job. Sources say, I've got the air quotes up when I say sources say, the Eagles were back in the mix for his services when he ended up signing with the with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you think that's a, a good pickup for the Colts? Yeah, I do. I definitely do. Um, good, solid, you know, quarterback to have on your roster. I mean, the guy shows you you want a Super Bowl for Christ's sake. Right. Um, you bring Nick Foles in without expectation. Nick Foles is that dude. You bring him in like I'm yeah. gonna pay you twenty five million and you're gonna be our starter. And you know, Nick Foles some ass. But <laughs> this is uh, a whole different. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I, I definitely that's a, I, I, think I agree. That's a good I think it would even have been a good play for the Eagles, except for the fact that, you know, the Eagles do have a pretty good backup quarterback right now in Garner Minshew. So Nick Foles coming back out with a statue in front of the stadium, like that's always going to cause problems for whoever's out there, the backup and the, yeah. the starter. Because like you said, the backup quarterback is always going to be the, the, 
the most famous guy in the city. In Cap's case, that would definitely be the, the, the case for different reasons. And if Nick Foles was to come back to Philly, that would be the case for obvious reasons. So it, it's probably good that, you know, they let him move on. But I think in Indianapolis, if something, you know, were to go down and he needed to play, I think he could come in and, and they probably wouldn't miss a beat if he's the the same Nick Foles um, that he was with that, with that Frank Wright combination before. So shout out to him. You know, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. Um, yeah, so they got a uh, who else did the who else did the Colts pick up this year? I know at the back they, they got Foles, they got Sam Ellinger. Uh, Sam Ellinger was the backup last year. Jacoby Brissett was the backup for a few seasons before that. Um, mm-hmm. But who did they who did they pick up as their starter? They got a new quarterback, didn't they? They do. Carson Wentz. Left. That's right. They got uh, Carson Wentz is uh, with the Commanders. Matt Ryan. They got so, Matt Ryan. I'm not sure who they're from. Uh, oh yeah, Matt yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Falcons. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I should have so known that because when I was just dudes. in Indy, when I was just in Indy, like they was hype about that. They was talking about Matt Ryan like he's Matty Ice, like you know, a couple of years ago. <laughs> well, they got two Uber old dudes. They got two old dudes yeah. that know what they're doing. So if they can keep one of them healthy <laughs> or, or or a combination of the two throughout the season, they, they should be all right, man. They should be all right. I mean, don't expect any mobility and athleticism from the quarterback position, but as far as knowing, you know, what to do, making the good throws, <laughs> making the good reads, they're in good hands that way. But if that pocket got to move a little bit, they might be in trouble. But they also have, yeah. you know, if he stays consistent, because, you know, sometimes – you have these fantasy marvels pop up, and then they pop up for like a season. But if their running back is consistent and is the same person he was, same player he was last season, then, you know, they got all the help they need back there. So shout out to, to Mickey Foles with another job. <laughs> that dude stays with a job. So over in the NBA, man, the conference finals, as I mentioned in the intro, in my opinion, have been a snooze fest. The whole playoffs, in my opinion, have been a snooze fest because there's blowouts on on most nights. And and here's some stats to back that up. Out of 76 games played this postseason, 39 games have been decided by 10 points or more. 22 of those games have been decided by 20 points or more. And that's not even counting the games where somebody has like a 26-point lead and somebody has to come back from that deficit, you know, whether they make it less than 10, less than 20, you know, those games aren't getting counted. The last time we had a game that came down to the last possession was, I believe the date was May 11, whatever it was, I think it was game five between the Celtics and the Bucks. That was the last time an NBA playoff game came down to the last possession. That's ridiculous, man. This is the playoffs. So, Thinking about that, Jim, like, what do you think, you know, because everybody asks, like, what, why is this happening as if there's one reason? I don't think there's one reason. but So what are the, some of the things you think go into the fact that night after night there are blowouts in the league? And it's not like one team has been dominating the other team. Like, one team will get a blowout in the series, and then the next game, that team will get blown out. So what, where does this type of basketball, where is this coming from? 
Yeah, so <laughs> it's interesting, right? I mean, in the Mavs, the Mavs and Warriors, right? I mean, that that's the case, but it really isn't the case. I mean, you know, because the Warriors really have been dominating that. Even the game they lost, they could have won. Um, Miami and Boston is my, Miami and uh, Boston is weird, but I think it's a it's a matchup thing, um, and also an injury thing too. So, because the, the previous round, well, not the previous round. I think I should say the first round. What was the big? Yeah, the first round was fire. First round was pretty good. To it. And I think after that, it yeah, just folks, fell off. <laughs> yeah, folks was getting to it in the first round. Um, but again, I think it's matchup. Um, believe it or not, some of these teams look fatigued, even though people are resting. I'm like, maybe resting makes you more fatigued in the playoffs instead of having the opposite effect. Yeah, yeah. That's a thought I, I had, mean, like watching it. I'm like, why do these dudes look tired? I'm like, they don't even fuck. They don't even, uh, you know. That's definitely a thought. And then some conversations that I've heard and been a part of, and I kind of agree with. Not, not just like I said, because I think it's a lot of factors. I think a lot, all of the stuff that you said definitely plays a part in it. Um, shit, we talking about injuries. In some cases, it might be the guys that they bring back. Um, and we'll talk about Kyle Lowry in a minute. I think he hurts the Miami Heat at this point. And yeah, like I said, we'll, yeah, we'll talk crazy, about that right? in a minute. Because, I, I think you get him the hell off the court, role. you got a better chance. Let him coach. He plays such a He's pivotal role in the early, the earlier series. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's I, that, that's a that's a situation where it's tough. Yeah. And and it would have been it would have been the Sixers situation because everybody was pushing for him the past all season. Had they done that, you know, he'd be old and washed on the Sixers, and they would have probably got bounced in the first round. But I mean, I not not even started with old Wash Harden. <laughs> right, like he he even worse than him. But um, can you imagine them two in your backcourt though? Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my! So I, God, I think that's disgusting. I think the three-pointer has a lot to do with it as well, man. Um, We always say as a cliche, live by, die by. Live by the three, die by the three. And I think, and and what I've agreed with, what I heard, I think the three-pointer is such a, it's such a, like, it's shot so much. We call it the great equalizer because you can miss a bunch, but then when you start making them, you know, it's worth more. So, Teams that might not be as strong as other teams, if they got some good shooters over there, you can always stay in the game. I think at the same time, it's just so unpredictable of whether a team will be on fire from three or just straight up cold from from three point, you know, night in and night out. I think that has a lot to do with these big point swings in these games. Now, it's not always the case, though, because – um, I think there was a game where Miami actually shot the three way better. I think it was game four. They shot the three way better than Boston did, and Boston still won the game by 20. So I'm not offering this as some solid theory and this is what it is, but I think it has a lot to do with it from a night-to-night basis because, you know, you got teams out here together taking like 70, 80 threes in a game. And most of the time, whoever's hotter are the ones that's going to win. And like we said, since the three is worth a little more, if you get hot from the line, then you build a lead on a team that you might not be that much better than. And it's swinging back and forth every night like that. So, yeah, so that injuries, like you said, the, the, the day rest that they get in between every game, 
um, I guess adjustments. Our coach is that good. Like I'm gonna adjust, and we're gonna blow you out. That's the some next huge ass my adjustments. adjustments are, I know, like twenty point adjustments. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really, forty point adjustments like because you lost by twenty the last game, then you win by twenty. It's like a forty point adjustment. So our yeah, coach is that I don't, smart. I don't feel like it's one thing. I mean, and I guess that's what you're saying. It's not one specific thing. Yeah. It's a it's a combination of things. But I do feel like um, well, see, because the thing is, the three pointers in general is here to stay. Because it is oh, yeah. a great equalizer. And <laughs> from, a mathematical fam- <laughs> from a mathematical standpoint, it does make sense to shoot a lot of threes. That's just that's just is what it is because mathematically speaking, everything regresses to the mean. And if you are out great here and, yeah, like it just it, mathematically it just makes sense. It's, um, it's, why, yeah. <laughs> it's why a team like, you know, the Detroit Pistons can hang around in a game against a team like the Boston Celtics. You know what I'm saying? Like, because everybody, just random names, everybody can shoot a three. Everybody is Reggie Miller these days. We used to have specialists. We used to have Reggie Miller and Dale Ellis and Steve Kerr. Everybody are those guys now. Like, yeah, I literally yeah. watch basketball in the regular season every night, and somebody will come down and hit a three, and you like you look at the dude before he shot, like, what the hell he doing? Swat. And then you learn his name yeah, right there exactly. at the moment. Like, damn, who the hell is dude? Like, <laughs> But but you yeah, see why? That's like, what you know it is. I'm, I'm, I'm grassroots but, with so, it now. So here's the thing. That's all so kids thing, are trying right? to do think, these days, and it's frustrating. I think basketball <laughs> basketball is in its place. And um, shout out to Coach Pop who started the uh, the resting players thing. Um, between resting players and three-pointers, it's like people – sports is weird, right? So mm-hmm. in, in finance, they got this thing they call it's, – it's called like black edge, right, where you try to find anything possible to get an uh, – get an advantage over your opponent or, mm-hmm. or the market, whatever it may be. And that's kind of what sports is. In a place where you do everything possible to win, this is why you bring in analytics. This is why right. you start to rest players, right? And Money all ball. of it makes perfect sense. All of it, yeah, it's, it's the Billy Beam of, like, the entire world. Like, so all of it absolutely makes sense, and all of it is absolutely true. But what does it do for the quality of the product to the consumer, right? So, so it's kind of like, they're like people who are hoop, who are hoop fans are going to watch regardless, and they know that. But at the end of the day, Me. the three pointer is also exciting for the non like hoop fans. They like to see people running, gun, and shoot three. They don't care about right. like um, the fundamentals of the game, so to speak. So it's an interesting place because the NBA finds itself in a way they can make money because they have a more exciting product to the novice, which is where the money is. Right. Um, but for someone who loves basketball and loves hoops and loves the art and the art and science of it kind of difficult to watch yeah and 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 that makes a lot of sense though because like you said novices especially people who's never really played the ball played ball at any you know type of decent level that's amazing to them that somebody can throw a ball from that far away and get it into that little hoop like we've seen it enough we've done it enough you know it's impressive to see somebody get hot no doubt about that i'm not never going to say that's not the case but you know, if you can do that yourself, if you've done that yourself <laughs> on a consistent level at any time in your life, you're like, okay, you know, he, he can shoot a three. I, I can shoot a three. But like you said, the novice comes in and see that, like, damn, how they throwing that ball from all the way out there? That's exciting. Like, that's really exciting to somebody who can't do that on their own. So I, I, I get it. Um, I guess that's why we used to be so enamored with crazy dunks because, you know, even a lot of us who played couldn't do that. So that was different to see. 
So that that's mm-hmm. what we were excited about back in our era. But now, you know, they throwing the ball from 40 feet like it's nothing and it's going in. That's that's a little bit exciting to, to the fans out there. It's terrible for me, <laughs> it's, but I don't know. All right, so um, the rest of the awards were announced, and the the awards – well, wait a minute. Let me – going back to that real quick. Speaking of what we were just speaking of, I just wanted to read this uh, tweet from Dick Vitale. And everybody know, you know, Dick Vitale from college basketball analyst, uh, always hype. He tweeted during one of the games the other night, and he said, look, the NBA features the greatest athletes, but I'm curious, as I admit that I'm reaching the point of boredom, watching NBA PTPers firing up 53 pointers per game in many cases, where is cutting, ball movement, et cetera. For me, it's not fun to watch. Do you agree or disagree? And like I said, coming from somebody like him, you understand why he feels the way that he feels. Um, because he's watched the game for, what, 50, 60 years? So he's watching this game that he loves just turn into, you know, what the new era of the game is. And for people who are, quote, unquote, basketball purists, it's just different. You know what I'm saying? We talk about it every week, Jim, how, like, we don't understand when the switch everything theory came up for, for defense. Um, three-point shots is – I'm telling you, three-point shot, and I give it – I give it three more years before it's the primary shot, before there will be more three-pointers taken in the game than two-pointers. Um, because it's already overtaken free throws. And that sounds weird because people are like, oh, okay, it's just free throws. But there was a time where there were way more free throws taken in a game than three-pointers because you weren't standing out there launching threes. You were trying to get to the hole, and you were getting fouled and going to the line. So it's overtaking that, I believe. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure more three-pointers are taken per night than free throws. But I give it three more years before it's the primary shot. Um, in the NBA, and that's when they're going to have to do something different. You're going to have to make a four-point play uh, or, you know, a four-point line or something silly like that. But uh, we'll see. But shout-out to uh, Dick Vitale because um, it's weird to hear him being even a little bit critical of anything because we've grown up watching him be um, – <laughs> uh, we we call him Dick Vitale for a reason, but not because it was his name. But um, shout-out to him anyway, <laughs> and all the PTPers out there and the diaper dandies. Um, so they named him all the, the rest of the the NBA awards, and that those were the teams. Uh, I think after we were on the air last week, they n- announced the all-defensive teams, and your first team is Marcus Smart, the Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Rudy Gobert, uh, Mikhail Bridges, and – Giannis Antetokounmpo. The all-defensive second team is Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Matisse Thybul, and Robert Williams III uh, from the Boston Celtics. You have anybody on either one of these lists where you're like, come on, he shouldn't be there. Or or it's like, you know, everybody pretty much got a good argument for where they are. No, everybody got an argument. It's just, it's just tough with these things because there's always going to be like the, the feeling of someone getting snubbed because there's so many great players in the league, right? Right. Um, and I know we're going to talk about JoJo, but it's just it's just, it's just always 
it's just always uh, it's always <laughs> tough. Enough, it's like all star team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yo, you can't tell me that's not personal. By the way, um, you know they I, already I'm, said this. I keep shit. telling y'all, man, the league and everybody who covers it hated the process, and they're gonna make. <laughs> I ain't gonna say they're gonna make the Sixers because the Sixers control their own destiny. Like if you win the championship. You know, nobody can stop you from that because that's not subjective. You go out there and you win the championship. But anybody on the Sixers – so I'm I'm just going to say this. Joel Embiid is going to suffer because he's the Sixer that's worthy of awards and accolades. And because of, you know, how the franchise did what they did and how players embraced it and, you know, whatever, I, I, I agree with you, man. It's personal at this point. It might not be personal against him. Be. But he represents the franchise, and mm-hmm. I guarantee you, some of these dudes, these writers, probably back then, like, man, I will never respect the Sixers again, and any chance I get to burn them, I'm gonna burn them. I guarantee you, those conversations were had. Um, mm-hmm. I was watching a conversation, kind of jumped in one a little bit from people I consider non-basketball cats talking about Rudy Gobert not being a great defender. <laughs> Do you oh, think God. in any world Rudy Gobert is not a great defender? Because they, they cited the fact that when he goes against the other elite big men, they give him work. But if you know anything about the NBA, elite players can't be stopped. And a lot of times when big men win these defensive player of the year awards, gets on these defensive teams, it's not necessarily what they're doing against other bigs one-on-one. It's their impact that they're having on the other team's offense all all around. And that's where I think Rudy's impact comes in. But see, the people like that, man, they they, they little accident murderers. Like, yo, they, they should be new. Like, <laughs> that, is the most, that is one of the most ridiculous statements I've heard in a long time. I mean, because the fact of the matter is, like, all you have to do is watch one quarter of a game that he plays in to see how every shot the other team takes changes based upon him being on the court. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a Rudy Gobert fan. I think the boy is an idiot just because I don't right. like Right, same here. COVID, I had to tell them, like, I'm mad that I got to defend Rudy Gobert, but I'm an equal opportunity defender, man. I'm going to be objective. Like, come on. Dude yeah, changes games. Being objective. <laughs> yeah, like, you can just watch. Like, it doesn't even take that long. Just watch one quarter. Mm-hmm. Watch one quarter. You can see how he dominates one of the defenses. And that's where all his value is. Right. So, you, So you're basically telling me, yeah, He's supposed to be such a great defender, but when he go against Embiid and Joker, he he get he, they give it to him. Who don't they give it to? Like they like yeah, that's ridiculous. You, you, you that's never... like saying Joe Dumars can't defend because Mike gave him sixty. Right, Joe Dumars was always one of the better defenders in the league. One on one, it's hard to guard megastar superstar athletes. That's not really what it's about. Like a lot of these awards are given. I mean, you got lockdown guys out there, but even those guys like. Ron, you know, Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, was what he was. But he was going to make it difficult on the Kobe Bryants, the Tracy McGrady's, the LeBron Jameses of the world. But they were going to give him numbers. It just might have been a little bit more sweat equity they were going to put in that night to, to get those numbers. But that doesn't mean, you know, Artest did a bad job. Like, sometimes you just have to make people do extra work. And that's you yep. doing your job, making them exert you know, extra energy. Yeah. But I think I, I, you know, I try not to get into this type of stuff, but I just think you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're watching. You don't know ball. If you don't think Rudy Gobert is a great defensive player. I mean, it's yeah. what he that's does. All right. That's all right. 
he pretty much trashed on the offensive end. If it wasn't for what he did on defense, you wouldn't even know his name. So (laughs) kill that noise. (laughs) But uh, shout out to everybody out there. Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, he's starting to get his little accolades, just even in conversations. Like I always hear people say how nice he is now. I watch Memphis enough, and I, he's one of those dudes like, yo, when I catch it, he's not doing that much. I did see him with the 31-point game in the playoffs earlier this season. Um, I guess he's my new uh, P.J. Tucker. When everybody started talking about how P.J. Tucker was the best three-point shooter from the corner that the league has ever seen, I swear I used to watch a lot of Houston games and dude never hit a shot. <laughs> And that went on for a long time. Like, now, you know, I've watched enough. I see him hit sometimes. But he's still – still never seen P.J. Tucker. I guess a couple of times I might have seen him on fire from the corner. But all in all, for what his <laughs> reputation is, I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying for some reason I never catch it. And it's the same way with Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, mm-hmm. I've had people say to us, like, yo, he is dumb nice. I've never seen Jaron Jackson Jr. be dumb nice. I seen him like, all right, you know, he's playing pretty well. And and then that night in the playoffs, I'm like, okay, he's doing a little bit of everything. So this must be what he does on a regular basis that has other people saying that, you know, he's that nice. But shout out to him. Yo, <laughs> that's just people do that with everything, man. Everything is the greatest or the worst. <laughs> like, that's, that's everything, yeah. man. Hyperbole. Let, let you tell it, like. Ja got, let some people tell that Ja got some competition for the best player on that team, but I mean, he definitely better than his pop. Even with Ja, even with Ja, I saw you, I saw the screenshots. People will compare, people will compare him to Kobe and Mike already. Oh, he already passed AI. First it was AI, so yeah, he didn't pass AI already. <laughs> ja better than AI. Yo, then I, I showed you, I showed you the one John, the one John said, and then somebody responded like he can't be with Kobe and Mike because he got he got a <laughs> he got past Derrick Rose first. <laughs> yo, people, yo, people gonna ride that Derrick Rose train. I mean, I can't say that the wheels fall off because boy, wheels fell off a long time ago. Um, but <laughs> it, it's crazy, man. How people still hold on to hope that Derrick Rose is, is gonna be one of the greatest players in NBA history off like one season. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think about Joel not being here? I mean, because y'all have heard me say that before. Like, a lot of times, I've, I've said this out loud, that I think Joel Embiid is a little bit overrated as a defender. But when we start talking about analytics and VORP and all of that kind of stuff, the numbers say something different for when Joel's on the mm-hmm. court. Now, that's kind of weird, too, because a lot of times people are on the court with not the same lineup all the time, but you're on the court with a lot of the same people at the same time. So it's weird how those type of analytic stats give the credit to one person, but the the, the defensive stats tell a different story. When Joel's on the court, the Sixers are a different team. But I don't think that's that hard to be either because Sixers are a terrible defensive team this year. <laughs> but I, I watch so, him play. The one thing I will so say is for him to change someone of his like stature, that, you got to give him credit. In terms of like MVP candidate, offensive—I mean, I mean league leading score—he gives effort, and that's all mm-hmm. defense is. And for someone that has size, like not not trying to—it's going to sound crazy to say—but you don't have to give as much effort as someone who's trying to guard a wing. Let's put it that way. Right. 
Right. But you still got to give effort. That's the thing. Those are, those are the moments, though, where Joel gets his props, though, when he gets switched out on a wing or on somebody at the, you know, the top of the key, and they're trying to give him every move they got, and his big ass is, is right in front of him moving his feet. Those are the moments that you know, like, if Joel could, and I'm going to say could because as much as this team needs him offensively, he can't give that kind of effort on every play. So maybe for me, it's mm-hmm. not that he's overrated. Me. You just can't give that kind of effort every play. But when he does that once in a while, you're just amazed. Like, God damn, how does this big dude move his feet that fast? Like, like I've seen him give people – a lot of trouble on the perimeter. I'm talking about people who usually just get other guards out of there. And this dude is sitting there. They got to dance with him because they get they can't get past him. So he definitely gets props for that, especially when his counterpart, Joker, like I don't really think Ball can stay in front of me um, at this point. But he, he, he gets targeted on defense. They want the pick and roll to be with Joker's man because they want him to get switched out on, on somebody because – you don't have to dance. Or you, just, you just go straight and you're going past dude. So it's definitely a big difference when it comes to those two on the defensive end. So it, it, it's kind of puzzling how Joel Embiid doesn't get on at least the second team. Um, yeah. And you know what? We're going to put a pin in that because we're going to talk about the all defensive teams and then I'll give what I think should happen on all of these NBA teams. Um, so the so the All NBA team came out, and Joel Embiid was a big part of the conversation here as well because he did not make first team. Um, the way they do the voting now, you figure he wouldn't make first team because the guy who won MVP plays the same position. But also thought they were just doing front court and 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 back court. So if they're just doing front court and back back court then how can he make first team over some of the guys that made it? But I don't know if that's how they do it here. I think that might just be for, like, NBA all-star voting, not for, like, all NBA voting. Because when I look at the results here, they do have positions up here, forward, guard, and and center. So the NBA, the all-NBA first team consists of Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jokic. The second team, Joel Embiid, John Morant, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, DeMar DeRozan. You got any issues with these two teams? Obviously, I'd like to see Joe, but, I mean, no, these are elite players. These are the elite players in our game. Like, it is what it is. Like, it's just – it's, 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 it's not enough slot for the players that deserve it. It's, it's, but it's always going to be that way. But you Joe know, gotta get right you know what they should probably two. do, Jim? He can't come number two on the, on the all-NBA team. Right, like this dude is the two-time in a row MVP runner-up, which means, you're the, you know, by voters' opinion, you were the second-best player in the league for two years straight. So if you're the second best player in the league, how do you not get on the first team? They should probably stop doing all NBA teams by position because it it really makes it unfair. How does the runner-up MVP land on the second team? Only because 
the person who got the MVP plays his same position. So it, I guess it depends on how you look at that. If you're like a purist and you want things to be the same as they always were, you don't think it would be fair to change it now because maybe some other dudes might have had the same position, you know, back in the day. Hey, change has to happen at some point, and we move forward. You know what I'm saying? And maybe we won't mm-hmm. have this problem again. But it's just weird to me that somebody that they're considering – I mean – Shoot, he was second in MVP voting, but that means he still got a lot of votes both of those years to be the actual MVP. So if people think he might be the best player in the league, at worst, second best player in the league in any given year, how the hell are you second team all NBA? It's like, to me, even though that's a great honor, it kind of tarnishes his legacy a little bit. You take it like, damn, runner-up MVP, but he only – like, this is how the conversation is going to go in years to come. He was runner-up MVP this many times, and if he ends up winning one, he was MVP, but he was only all-NBA first team one time, two times. Just, I don't know. It's, it's weird to me, man. I I think yeah. I think you probably could snatch a Devin Booker off of this, throw Joel Embiid in there, and, you know, call that a day. Um. I'm looking at the second team with Devin Booker be able to get his spot back. Uh, I guess it would be between it would be the between Book, DeRozan, maybe yeah, even Kevin right. Durant. When you, talk about, when you talk about like you know the position being a problem, and I think that probably is a problem because Devin Booker is deserving. Like he had an amazing season for right. in the regular season at least the best team in the league. So I mean, it definitely has to be a thing like. Yeah, I mean, by position, he deserves to be a first-team guard if we're going to keep it this way. But it's just weird to me that the runner of MVP is not on the first team. He's the second-best player in the league. Yeah, that's definitely weird. First that's definitely weird. Makes no sense at all. And and think about it. Who who are these teams? Like, it's not an all-star team. It's not like they're going to play anybody. <laughs> so why got to be by position? Like, yeah, who are they playing point. against? Great point. <laughs> like, that's a great point. We need some guards they on this team. We need two guards, two forwards. <laughs> like they're gonna go out and do an all NBA tournament or something. Like I don't know. So yeah, it seems like in the midst of all of these awards that we talked about, MVP, um, all defensive team, all NBA team, it seems like the common denominator is that Joel Embiid got the snub. And as we talked about earlier, we don't know if it's personal with him, or we don't know if it's personal with the organization. And the process, because I know a lot of people spit their vitriol while all of that was going on. Um, and I, I'm telling you, I, I guarantee you a lot of people vowed that either never again or it was going to be a long time before they showed the Sixers any real respect after what they did to, you know, become good again. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. I forgot. You know, All-NBA has a third team, so let me give those dudes their props before we move on. Uh, third team, Carl Anthony Towns, LeBron James, Chris Paul, Trey Young, and um, Pascal Siakam. Shout out to Trey Young because um, Steph wasn't doing this at this age, but that's neither here nor <laughs> Shout out to Phil Maddox. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, man. That's what's going on in the association. Now, we do have uh, some stats of the week. Um, one of our, we have two stats of the week. One of our stats of the week, Kyle Lowry, back to him in game five. He, uh, 
He put up zero points, zero for six shooting, zero for five from three-point line. Is Kyle Lowry washed, or is this a matter of injury? Because you know he's been in and out of the lineup with a hamstring injury, same injury as, as James Harden. Um, are these dudes this washed, or is it just, I mean, a hamstring, would, it is like a nagging injury that's hard to get rid of, hard to play with. So I want to give both of them the benefit of the doubt, but damn, they look bad. Especially Kyle Lowry. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt um, and say it's a hamstring because in the first round he um, was very effective. And then right. I'm watching hard now on a, um, on social media clips and the ball looks like he's back to being in game shape. Like I don't know what Harden be on, yo. My man be just like gaining or losing 50 pounds in a matter of hours. <laughs> like, I don't know how he does it. He a boxer. But, <laughs> he got that boxing. <laughs> yeah, he be cutting weight like crazy. But mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna blame it on the hamstring, especially because. Both guys just look like they just fell off a cliff. Like he looked terrible last night. Mm-hmm. And, but but even in know, the Sixers series when he was missing games, I think that was playing into the Sixers' hands. I think later on in the series when he decided to sit out, I kind of knew the Sixers were in trouble because you know you had a younger, you know, more spry, easier moving. Gabe Vincent, even though a lot of people didn't know the name, Gabe Vincent had been killing the Sixers all season in the absence mm-hmm. of Kyle Lowry. So, like, for me, listening during the, the, the day, trying to see who was going to play and who wasn't, when they used to, when they would say that Kyle Lowry wasn't going to play, I'm like, damn, Sixers in for it tonight. Because the Heat just going to be a faster team because other people are going to be controlling the ball. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to do the same, man. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I've played football flag football, albeit with, with a hamstring and a groin injury, it is hard to get rid of. You know what I'm saying? Like when you think it's gone yeah. and you think you feel 100%, as soon as you start to run as fast as you can, there it is. It tweaks again, and you're right back at square one. And then you try to play through it, which I guess these guys are probably trying to do, and you just don't, you just can't move the same. Mix that in with the fact that Kyle Lowry's already old, that's probably why he looks even worse than James Harden right now. Shout out to him, man. We hope mm-hmm. that it's, you know, we hope that that's the case and you just haven't fallen off of the cliff and can't climb back up the side. Um, another quote of the week, and this is from Twitter, during uh, game five of Miami and Boston when Miami was getting beat down, uh, somebody tweeted, quote, Miami needs another star. And that came from Joel, a.k.a. Troel, Embiid. Got a lot of Sixers fans nervous. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Like, is he, is he starting to peek out that window? Is, is he about to start whining for a, a change of scenery? Is he going to take his talents to South Beach um, in a force out? Did you take anything from it, or do you think it's just Troel, Troelin? I mean, it's, it's Troel, but it's definitely not. It, it ain't funny. Like, I mean, because you know how he, he feels looked, about Jimmy Butler. You know he needs to play with him. He's looking at the front door. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> uh, we fight every night, and that's not kosher. Anyway, but, uh, but no, seriously, like, um, it's, you, don't, you don't want to see your star player tweet that. Now, he is a troll. But, again, the only thing that makes it crazy is he got this, this weird love affair with Jimmy Butler, y'all. Right. 
And at this point, he know he's not coming back to the Sixers. So he probably figuring the only way I can get back with Jimmy is if I take my talents to South Beach. So that's a, I mean, that's a Miami, scary man. tweet from Sixers for Sixers fans, right? Like, yeah, just just the weather and the atmosphere alone scares you, and then the fact that his you know his NBA boyfriend is down there <laughs> that scares you. So, um, hmm, it's a weird tweet, man. I'm, I'm waiting to see how he spins it when he's asked about it, though, because you know Joel is the master of spin. So we'll see what he says when they actually um, ask him about it. So we got one more quote of the week before we go to the phone lines. Quote, Tua actually has one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. Pause that. I'm very confident in my QB. Crazy arm strength. And that's from uh, Cheetah, a.k.a. Tyreek Hill. So I guess he's heard all the noise, all the chatter out there about his quarterback not having a strong arm and everybody wondering why he signed there, being the kind of player that he is with the kind of speed that he has. Uh, uh, factor cap. You know this cap? Yo, that's, that's, that's nothing but cap. That's like when you like break up with a chick and she goes out of her way to tell you how great her new man is when nobody asked her. It's because he, he really ain't that. Because you because you already he, saying, dang, he's stupid for leaving her for her, and so you gotta, you know, you gotta talk about how yeah. nice she is. I think it's two way cap, Jim. I think it's one of those things that if they don't end up replacing Tua, it looks like he was, you know, looked like he was caping for his quarterback. It looked like he he had on the Superman cape for his quarterback in the midst of all this stuff. At the same time, I think he could be trying to hype him up a little bit because the Dolphins might be trying to move him. So if he goes and says, yeah, we've been working out together and his arm is strong, I mean, I know other teams aren't that stupid. They're going to want him to come in and show and prove and, and all of that. But I think it could be a little bit of both sides. Like he could be saying that to get Bo out of there. Oh, yeah, two are nicer than y'all think he is. And then, all right. Let's get him out of here so we can get a real quarterback in here. Or if that doesn't happen, if that doesn't work, it looks like I'm on dude's side. And I'll try not to show my frustration when I got to stop and wait for the ball when I'm 10 yards in front of my receiver when the season starts. Damn, I ain't, I ain't uh, getting the conspiracy. conspiracy <laughs> yeah, but I like yeah. it. Not, yeah, I had, to, I had to cook something up. Like, yeah, he, he playing both sides on that one. Definitely had to cook something up on that. All right, so shout out to – um. Cheetah for lying, and um, ayo to Cheetah for saying Boyle got one of the prettiest balls he ever caught. Um, <laughs> you got, you got. Watch what you say, homie. All right, so uh, let's go to the phone lines. We got the homie Tobias calling in from Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll damn tight. Roll down hard with 100 days away from the start of college football, the Alabama Revenge <laughs> Tour, baby. Saving me and, uh, catching all kind of strays for the last two weeks. <laughs> hey, we ain't worried about nothing. Jimbo can get mad, say despicable more than Daffy Duck all he wants. But all I got to say <laughs> that he says Destiny to Texas A&M and Destiny staring his ass in the face October 8th on national TV when they go to Alabama. Uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, and just, you know, uh, y'all talk these, like, first in Kaepernick. Kaepernick would be a damn fool to even try to play again, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, damn fool. Um, yeah. You love the game, Part man. Of, because, because 
part of it is is that he's getting a lot of leeway for being a martyr. Now, I lose my black card by saying he was okay. He wasn't no Randall Cunningham like they had people make him out. He was a good quarterback, but he's been out of the game five years. And the game is totally even different now than when he played five years ago. And I just think he might, that he, he might be better off. Now, though. He might be, you know, he might be slaying that thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I just think he's better off just going ahead and counting those checks, doing some more documentaries, <laughs> say, say, kill, kill, kill the white man, all that stuff he be saying, and keep it moving. And, uh, he might have ran out of bread. You got to get a check. That, hey, that, that, hey, that, that settlement check must not have been that big, player, but, uh, well, you know, been, but, you know, he, he got an outspoken girlfriend. She probably take care of him finances. Yeah, yeah, it is true, you know. But I just think sometimes he's been better off martyrdom wise if he doesn't play again because he wasn't the greatest quarterback out there, me quarterbacking wise. So he come back five years later and he doesn't look as hot even as preseason. You already know what's going to happen. I just think that hey, I thought I thought years ago they, a team should have brought him in who had to have a quarterback. Let him play preseason, be out there. If he doesn't play well, he's gone. Kind of like Michael Sam, where no one can say, hey, you did it because of this. Okay, he can't play. Something like that. Uh, but y'all talk about these NBA awards. It's crazy. Like, back in the day, you had Akeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, and I think even like Shaq yeah, fighting no. for the same first-team center spot. <laughs> you know? The crazy part about that is, one of them every year had to get snubbed all the way out of an all-defensive team. And their resume yeah. is not going to look like it's supposed to look because there was just too many good centers in the league at the time. <laughs> they, they remember the guards, right? Magic, you had Isaiah, you had Mike. Somebody's going to be second team, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or Larry Bird was in. And it's like it's, it's, it's tough now because, like, nowadays – Luca's going to be first-team guard till he retires. Uh, Jason Tatum's going to be first or second team now. So you're going to well, have some spots. Not till he retires because LeBron ain't on the first team no more. So it'll, it'll rub well, off. Well, 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 Luca kind of has that Anglo-Saxon bump also. That, uh, <laughs> you know, it just keep that real. Great, great player, True. but we know he got that bump. But, uh, you know, but LeBron made third team, so Nick Wright to the world court don't go nuclear. That's all that was about. But uh, <laughs> but I just but people don't understand also with these awards, a lot of bonuses on contracts like with free agency is affected by uh, making all NBA and stuff as well. And uh, people think about that also. But uh, y'all talk about the three point shot, right? I think what the problem is. It's ironic that I already saw this stat a year or so ago. Like in the nineties when the Bulls won, mm-hmm. the three point percentage is still the same percentage as it is right now. They just take it more. And uh and I think like look at Miami, right? Or Dallas. They jack up three, jack up three. But there ain't no plan B. That's I think that's a difference. There ain't Live no plan by, B with by. these teams. <laughs> Live by die by. Yes, <laughs> and, and it's like we want our big men to not dominate the post, 
but they shoot 20-footers. That actually helps guards get more rebounds because these long threes are create longer rebounds. And uh, it likes those guards to get those. So I think some of those numbers may be skewed. Jumper. 
They will cut and do layups. They will take the three. They will take the best shot possible. That's why they're so hard to defend. And that makes that free-flowing game. Because it's hard because, you know, it's like, for instance, right, Phil Jackson had to tell Mike, hey, do you want to win the scoring title? Do you want to win a championship? The triangle about moving the ball. People aren't dominating like that. And I Mike just think that said, sometimes Mike, people Mike aren't understanding the full thing with Golden State. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but think about it. Golden State was never one of the top couple teams of three-point attempts. They was always like 10th or middle of the pack. They just take yeah. the best shot possible. And I just think, like, Look at Dallas. These guys shooting fifty threes a game. Oh, like, uh, and it, it get to me. It's boring. To me, the three point contest is boring. Cause it's crazy, like how we became a society, a basketball society. We crap on a dunk contest. Well, most guys who is even six six or seven foot can't do. In a three point contest, which more people can get hot shooting a three. Shout out to Cal. Yeah. Greatest yeah, big man and, uh, shooter of all time because he won a contest. Got it. And look where that got him. <laughs> like his mouth really uh, made. He, like he really fixed his mouth to say that. Like, like Dirk never existed. Like shit. Larry, like Larry Bird wasn't six ten. Like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> you fixed your yeah, mouth to and, say that because you yeah, won a contest. And, come on, guys. And like, and I think like so many fans the now game. they're all about the counting numbers. Mm-hmm. If you notice that. Cause they're like, well, Larry Bird wasn't a great shot. I mean, but like the game was different, and you know the game was different then than it is now. And uh, and so, but I I just think that it's kind of like analytics of baseball, where it's all home runs, the shifts. They don't want base hits and strike out on home runs. You don't have base runs like you used to. You got guys barely still at thirty bases. That makes the game boring, not for the viewer. Basketball ratings aren't. Finally went up for the first time in years. But ratings weren't that good for years. Yeah. But Which is crazy. Because because everybody's LeBron playing the exact the same way. It's like when LeBron is not there, like did LeBron, did LeBron have that many haters? Like he not in it, so the ratings go up. <laughs> or people you know just tired of it. Like, you know what I think been. is? Because like a lot of these teams now, I think that whole, I'm mad, I'm going to try another team. And, like, fans don't get attached to their team like that when you see them come up and stuff. Because, like, even you guys with MB, right, y'all drafted them. you seeing them come up, growing as a player, and you got that attachment to him. The Brooklyn Nets don't have that attachment. You know what? Well, they ain't got fans because all their fans push the black folks out of Harlem and Brooklyn. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but you kind of get what I'm getting at here. And, uh, and, I, and I, you know, and I, I just think that, the NBA needs to make that game more fan friendly, also. And like these, just everybody is standing in the corner. It's like, all right. And my last thing is, fellas, yeah, uh, I know all these hot take media saying get rid of Russell Westbrook, fellas. You know I've been on this for years. The NBA rules make it so the Lakers be better off keeping Westbrook this year because you have to take back seventy five percent of a salary. And the Lakers probably got to give up a pick when LeBron's going to be gone. You need a first-round pick, and you ain't going to win the title anyway. So you trade Westbrook. So what you going to do, take on a couple more bad salaries that have more years left than the one-year the one left of Russ? They'd be better off just eating, that, eating this year 
clean up their cap, clean up their books, and then go after it in 2023. If they got to trade LeBron, trade LeBron, you got your chip, you know? They need to let all them old dudes' contracts expire. People, I mean, the Lakers, if they had a ton of cap room, that's one thing. The Lakers are going to be able to get some people to come to L.A. It's not yeah. going to be as difficult as other people. Let all them old dudes expire and don't let them control you no more. And see where it goes from there. But, hey, thanks for your call as usual. We will wrap to you next week, good brother. Hey, you guys take it easy. Roll Tide in Alabama has not given a guy – no recollection of them giving a player a Hellcat Charger with a complimentary white girl on the front seat. We have no recollection of that. You guys have a great <laughs> day, man. Everything's above board. Skyview said the Sixers have to win it all next season or else that's a wrap. Skyview Sixers ain't winning nothing, man. Um, we take one more call. We got the homie Rob calling from out in Cali. Rob, what's going on, good brother? Can y'all hear me? We can hear you. Yo, what's good, man? How y'all been, man? What's good, man? Pretty good. How you? What's really good? I'm blessed. I'm blessed, man. And yo, man, yo, yo, why you got us the plantation radio, man? Yo, let me tell you something. Hey, you lost your black car rooting for Alabama, man, that plantation. Nick Saban Hayden, man. That's what you root for. That's your team, man. Scared. Just because one dude left the plantation, he want to go to to the Freeland and Jackson State, man. Shout out to the HBCUs, but that's all I gotta say about that <laughs> that that clown. That's why I'm. In, that's what that that's why I'm in counting you in Arizona, the last state that that accepted Martin Luther King. Actually, that state that didn't want to accept Martin Luther King's day. That's another story. Shout out to PE, man. By the time I get to Arizona, but anyways, man. Yeah, uh, how y'all? We go, good brother. Oh. Uh, and, and, and all I gotta say about about the Sixers is that me and Dev, like 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 I'm not gonna lie, I was an inner closet Sixers fan, you know. So they had Drew Holiday, and me and Dev went back at it about you know, you know when they when they when they got rid of him. The only thing I have to say is, you know, yeah, they wasn't gonna you you that team was a championship team. I'm not gonna lie, but neither neither was the last couple of Sixers team. Their 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 championship hopes left when. Uh, Jimmy Butler took his talents to South Beach, and that's all I have to say about that. But you know, yeah, um, but if you were that big of a Drew fan, you would have been mad if he was rotting his way, you know, on a on a team that didn't have anybody else. So they let him go. They let him flourish. They let him do what he had to do, and he got a championship for it. So I like. I still, uh, you know, a big Drew fan, but I, it's better off that he wasn't there when they were doing all of that. They would have wasted his career his career away. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. But yo, uh, real quick, I think um, that this series is looking pretty good between Boston and Miami, despite all the nonsense injuries. Uh, do y'all think it's going is going is going to go to Game Seven? Um, true. Yo, that's it's difficult to say, man, because it's like. That's what me and Jim were talking about earlier. You think somebody take control of the series, and you're like, all right, they 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 look cooked. They're not coming back from that. And then Miami come around, they mess around and blow them out the next game. I would say, just honestly, I would say no. I would think Boston would finish them off in the next game. But man, who knows? Who knows? But I think like we talked about Kyle Lowry's injury. 
Um, they keep trying to force him out there. I think it's kind of hurting the team. Um, what's really hurting them is, is Tyler Hero missing games because, you know, that's your, your scoring punch off the bench. So I, I kind of think um, that was one of the big injuries that we didn't talk about when we were talking about injuries. But I think Miami might be cooked at this point. So you know what that means. You know that, that means they're going to win by 25 next game because <laughs> I think they cooked. What do you think, Rob? Who do you think going? You think the Celtics got it, or you think Miami gonna come back and force a game seven, um, which would be on man, their home court, by the way? I, I think Miami may come back. I mean, you know, Eric Spoelstra, I think, has been one of the most um, underrated coaches in the last decade. You know what I'm saying? He's he's a he, he's he's actually a good coach. He's actually probably the only coach that I think LeBron has probably ever had in his career, you could say he was just a fairly decent coach. You know? No, no I, um, I think I think Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the league. But, you know, yeah. if it comes to a point where Jimmy's nick, nicked up and forcing himself to play, Kyle Lowry's nicked up forcing himself to play, Hero not playing, like it, it might come to a point where coaching just can't overcome how banged up they are at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree. I guess all they can do is sit back and hope Jalen Brown wants to dribble the ball more. <laughs> then they might have a chance. But. And, and, you know, I was, I was kind of upset the Lakers didn't pick Kyle Lowry of free agency. Well, I'm kind of glad we didn't because he ain't playing. Yeah, you, you right talked now. about it. Remember that, Jimmy, all season. We should have got Lowry instead of Westbrook. We should have got Lowry. Yeah. I mean, he, a healthy Lowry probably does fit what they're doing a little bit better, but <laughs> I don't know. It might be damaged good. I miss you. I miss you, Crusoe. I miss you, bro. Shout out to Crusoe. I miss you, dog. And, and Colin Kaepernick coming back in the league, you know, and that's the other thing Mr. Mister freaking uh, Uncle Uncle Tobias talking about. You know, hey, dude, listen, no. let, 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 I don't care. Forget it, man. Alabama. A dude from Bama, you know, Negro from Bama talk. Listen, uh, Nick has been a martyr. He's been blackballed. You know what I'm saying? Why not? Why not? You know whether he comes back or not. You know he's st- his legacy will always be cemented. Um, it's bigger than football, and Uncle Tobias should know that. Now there's also there's been the only quarterback I know that that took away a couple years from the game came back and actually did pretty decent. Was Randall Cunningham? That 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 you know people you know you know people forget about that. That's the people who 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 look at black quarterbacks, Tobias. Who look at football, Tobias. You know what I'm saying? Like know your history. So uh, we'll see, man. Uh, I just think it, it got to be the right coaching system. Uh, Josh McDaniels. I don't know. I I don't know how good of a quarterback coach he really is. How good development he really is. I mean. You know, you know, it's 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 one thing is like who came did the chicken come before the egg? Like for me, I'm all I'm a firm believer is that Brady made Belichick's career, but that's that's just that's the here I did. That's just my opinion. You know, it is what it is. No, 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 no. What what was what what what, what did Charlie White? Oh, no, I'm going to tell you Charlie White. Uh, what did Belichick do without Brady? That's not fair though. Because when Brady was before, a before him, even before him, even before, 
even before listen, my pops is a was a crazy a crazy freaking Giants fan and he and he can Pepper Johnson, you know, Carl <laughs> Banks, all all those dude come on man. I I'm not stupid. I'm not and, and and Jimmy, why are you what so is- damn quiet? Because I'm listening to you say crazy stuff. So what are you talking about? Saying? Saying? <laughs> you're, 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 you're saying that. Oh, I want and to Randall Cunningham only missed one season. So that's not the same. It was only one season? Randall only missed one season. And it's not the same as Cat. What are you talking it's about? Five seasons. But, yeah, you, you, you like Brady came in I thought he was... putting the world on fire. Like, Belichick took a question. team that wasn't supposed to even compete with the Rams in the Super Bowl. They weren't supposed to get to the Super Bowl. They made it to the Super Bowl. Their quarterback, he didn't like – like, Tom Brady, they won three Super Bowls before Tom Brady even started lighting the world up. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, he made Bill Belichick because he didn't win without him. Tom Brady went to a stacked team, and he was already the GOAT. So, yeah, Tampa had a good chance. Yeah, 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 but what did he do with the Browns? What, 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 what did he do with the Browns? His first coaching job, man. Okay. He, oh, he come on. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What did he do with the Browns? Let me ask you a question. How many championships did he win as defensive coordinator? How many, <laughs> how many championships did he win as defensive coordinator? Right. We're not counting. I mean, huh? he won. He won yeah. what? Two, two, two with the Giants, but you no, know, he was, he was, he was, he was Bill Parcells. It was, it was the work of Bill Parcells, though. Come on now, let, 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 let me ask you a question. The tuna. The tuna. Why you just respect the tuna? Rob, let me ask you a question, Rob. Rob, Rob, are you gonna be talking now, bro? How many championships has Bill Parcells won without Bill Belichick being his defensive coordinator? Oh, we're gonna go there. Okay, 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 none, but, but I'm going to ask you this. How many players in those championship teams that Bill Belichick had was drafted by not only Bill Parcells, but, oh, uh, wait, what's it called, Pete Carroll? Richard Seymour was drafted by well, Pete Carroll. What do you well, want to Hold on, hold on, because Bill, Bill if you remember, Bill Parcells didn't draft any of his players. That was one of his complaints. What are you talking about? That is true. That 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 is true. And you're gonna say you're gonna talk about Pete Carroll? You talking about in in New England? You really gonna go there? Like, dude didn't win six. If you wanted to say, oh, he had some of Pete Carroll's players for the first Super Bowl, okay, but he won six of them bitches. Like, come on, dog. That logic is terrible, man. Like, yo, like, yo. At some point, the Patriots had to fall off. Brady saw the writing on the wall, which is why he was okay with leaving. They weren't going to be and, good, and, Brady or not. Yo, and they were, and, 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 and truth be told, they were competitive this year. That's the funny thing. That, that's the funny thing about this whole thing is like, uh, if you look at this body of work, let me finish talking. Right. He got a, he got a win a body of work for you to say he's still good. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. Like, if you look at this dude's body of work, Bill Parcells hasn't won without this dude, right? So then he gets his own opportunity after having his first job in Cleveland. And he got two championships as the coordinator. Well, one thing I can say is he's won without Bill Parcells, and you can't put any sort of coordinator, offensive or defensive, on him that he hasn't won without because most of them get pinched anyway. I was about to say that, too, Jim. Think about about all the dudes that got jobs because they were with Belichick. How many of them left Belichick and won Super Bowls? Since we're only talking about Half of them aren't even successful. So how you not? Now you're right. He doesn't. He doesn't. 
He doesn't have a good coach straight because he ain't a good teacher. But anyways, man, going to my Eagles, I think, um, you know. He tried to throw a jab in yeah. there. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I always I'm biased. I'm biased. Or are these just, just not good when they're not that. in the building with him? I, I'm biased. That's another but, thing. But, 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 like, you try not but, to give him props, but everything you're saying not to give him props is actually giving him props. These dudes leave him. They all get gigs because of him, and they can't do anything good. So wouldn't that tell you that he was the catalyst behind the, the stuff that happened in New England? I ain't waste time bullshit, but Baltimore Eagles, I think, I think it's good that we picked up a cornerback because we desperately need a corner. Uh, I still have question marks at the safety, but I, I still am not giving Harvey Roseman's props until he really drafts good. I, I think they still rely too much on analytics. Um, I'm not saying kids really hurts behind. Y'all Eagles fans are hilarious, man. Man, 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 man. Y'all we, Eagles we're fans. We're not going to give Howie look. Roseman props like he didn't oversee the only Super Bowl in team's history <laughs> and didn't I build still... that team from a four-win team. Before that, like, come on, y'all. y'all no, no, he he did, and a lot of it was our free agents that helped us out. You know what I'm saying? You know, who signed the free agents? Who signed the free agents? He he did, he did, he did, he did. But I'm criticizing him as far as drafting. That is my biggest thing is drafting. Wow, like wow, like wow. the free agents he picked well. in helps. But but the thing is that the I feel y'all, but y'all act really like y'all Patriots fans, this, like y'all used to winning. No, no. <laughs> I mean the only Super Bowl really I've ever old. seen in my life. He good with me, and everybody on that team good with me. Yo, one the, team, the, the, one the, team the, wins the, every year, bro. You're not gonna dude, win every them year. Dude, them the dudes, them dudes, half of that oh, team. Oh come on, man! Right now, and they still I'm all hurt. about winning. I'm all about winning. I'm pretty Yo, they sure everybody is, but don't don't win once and act like you used to it. Don't act like you expect it. Don't act like it's supposed to happen just because you did it once. We are all about winning. That's why we root for the team. That's why we're mad well, on Sundays when they don't well, win. like ignoring facts and data, man. Facts and data matter. <laughs> I can't, I can't rely on facts because facts and data. Huh? We we pick uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside over over DK Metcalf. Facts and data. Oh, they didn't. They they picked a little ass receiver over Justin Jefferson. Man, sometimes I, and, you know you is, can't just rely so much on facts and data. How many how many how many championships did DK Metcalf and, right. and, and Jefferson have? How many championships we have? How many championships okay. we have so far? So how far. How many playoff games them dudes playing? Like like so what, man? Well, well, I think one was what DK Metcalf one one. I think Justin Jefferson. I don't know. No, I don't think they made the playoffs. No, they right. made the playoffs last two years. They, they, they were trash. He's played in more. They were trash. But but they could have probably helped. What they probably could have helped with us. Yeah, could have, should have, get over it, man. You criticizing the same thing for missing and now we picked an oversight. And, and that and now we picked a, a big a big dude who I, I really didn't I, I really ha I would rather have the Georgia his other dude, Devontae Wyatt, the um the other guy over him. You know what I'm saying? The dude's too big, you know, and he's gonna be a rotation player anyway. And so and then they pick. Uh, I'd rather, matter of fact, in the first round, if they would have got a center, I wouldn't have been mad. I'm like, okay, 
You know, maybe Yo, maybe that's too high, but you know, get a center. Rotation player. That means your team. Yo, you don't even give dudes a chance. Yeah, but with the first pick, they could have they could have got Devontae White the first pick. Another defensive tackle. Another defensive tackle. Defensive tackle in the draft. So think some about people that. pick his, think, his counterpart. Think about, think about this. Think some people. You only play thirty three snaps a game. Do you know what consensus means? Do you know what consensus means? I did not say. <laughs> I, I did not say he was everybody's pick. Consensus, best defensive tackle in the draft. Think about that. You got what most quote unquote experts think is the best defensive tackle in the draft, and because you still have a dude like Fletch Fletcher Cox, he's going to be a rotation player. Don't you think that's a luxury? You acting like that's a negative. You get to rotate. He gets to rotate with a Hall of Famer. That's a luxury. If we play a three, like if we play the three four, I would have been overjoyed. But the thing is, is that is is that it's, it's um, not actually, a three actually, four player. It's, actually, actually, they're supposed to be moving to a three four, which is why they picked them in the first place. Okay, yeah, okay, team, okay. Then, then I'm fine yeah, with that. Trying. Then I'm fine with that. Then I'm fine with that. But 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 even Rob, then, Rob, but even Rob, then, Rob, 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 listen, you don't even give dudes the opportunity to succeed or fail before you're ready to make judgment, man. Like you set yourself up to look crazy in the future. Because I'm not saying no, no. Fail, but you got to give them a chance. No, no. Oh come on. No, I don't. Come on, what? <laughs> yes, you do. I've seen you come on here seven times and say, you know what? I was wrong. It's because you don't even let things play no, out. No, no, I, I admit. And I admit. Yeah, because you're casting judgment. You're giving. You're, you're talking about the grade of this dude without any of them playing. I don't care what the thing about it is. You can you can try to speculate what dudes will do, but you got to let them get out there and play. You're not even ready to give a dude a chance before you call him a failed pick. Like, I don't even understand it. I mean, think about I mean, it. They, the, the haven't, is, they haven't announced it officially, but remember, Hassan Reddick was a pickup. He's a he's a 3-4 outside linebacker, pass rusher. Um, Patrick Johnson from Tulane, Kyron Johnson from Kansas. All of those dudes are 3-4 uh, edge rushers, but they're linebackers. So it's suggest, suggesting that they're about to make a switch in the defense. And then they cap it off by picking up the biggest space eater from a three-four type defense in the draft, so they're about to play the that, 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 that and he can rotate with a legend, and you're acting like it's a bad thing. No, no, Meanwhile, no, 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 my thing is, is he plays thirty-three snaps a game. He plays thirty-three snaps a game. That's a thing. That's okay, not but, only but, that. But wait, wait, and, wait, wait, and his but, counterpart but, was better than him. Okay, but is his obviously he plays thirty-three snaps a game. But is Alabama deep as hell or no? Do they always do that or no? Because they always have all the talent or no? You're right. No, you're right. You're true. You're right. You're right. You're acting like he's doing that because oh, he's only good enough. We, he's not that good, so we're only going to play him 33 snaps a game. No, we're deep. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not so we're going to play him 33 no. snaps a game because we got no, no, talent no, 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 all no. over the board. Because no, like no, no, no. Tobias I'm not, said, I'm not saying out, that. They're giving out cars and white women. They got talent. They can do that. I'm not saying that's called death. No, no, I, I'm not saying that because he's not that good. I'm not saying that because he's not that good. Now, he did show me his dedication by 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 his his fat ass slimming down. Excuse my language. I'm sorry, it's a foundation. His fat behind slimming down. He did show me consistency <laughs> with that. His fat, his fat ass run like a four seven. 
okay. calling that in your face. That, you ain't going to be able to get away from it. Absolutely You're going to choke slam the shit out because you ain't going to be able to get away from him. Like most quarterbacks in the NFL won't be able to get away from him. You know, he'll give me an F5, you know, a five-minute carry, you know. It, it, it's a, it's a, he played a three of me a five-minute carry. But you know what I'm saying? But listen, 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 listen. If, listen, if he if, – listen, if we win a Super Bowl and, and this dude's a big part of it, I'll name my son after him. I'll tell you like that, okay? Yeah. This is how wrong I am. Yeah. This is how wrong I am. Yeah. You ain't got to do all that. <laughs> you ain't got to do all that. This is how wrong <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I'll, I'll give people a chance. Maybe it's 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 just you know because I don't. Howie Roseman. The thing is, is that my thing is, is that Howie I don't trust the over analytics. I don't trust the analytics team over the over the um over the scouting team, and that's why I've been seeing Howie Roseman the last couple of years. His best draft, to be honest, was like the 2013 draft. In 2016 draft, you know, or 17, it was, it was one of those 17. It's, it's a, it's the one with Carson Wentz. The okay. the and one draft with Lane Johnson Bowl. is when they win the Super Bowl. The year yeah. after. The, the year two, after. Two years what after. Saying, no, 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 two years after. Ken draft had his best draft and had some great free agent pickups to make them win a Super Bowl. And y'all still complaining, like y'all win Super Bowls all the time. Like, <laughs> come on, man, what's Yo. wrong with the Eagles? Man, who side are you on? Not Eagles fans. Because y'all are irrational. I can root for my team and I agree with the idiots. Uh, I'm not on Eagles fans' side. I think I, I don't I love that. bash how like I'm me. Yo, you, know, you know what I find funny about folks? They'd be like, I hate the analytics. You gotta, yo, every team uses analytics. Every team that's won a championship over the last decade uses analytics. Like, you hate it when your team uses it and it doesn't work. But when your team it uses it and it wins, when they want a Super Bowl, they use analytics too. Guess what? Yo, so, I, you got to yeah, cut it out, when man. they won the Super Bowl, you know how many, and I'm not saying you, Rob, but a lot of Eagles fans that's like turncoats. Remember how many Howie's a genius chants we heard? And yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> so, a couple years so, later, and we don't get another one, man. How we got to go? Listen, like, listen. Turncoat. Winning cares everything. I'll say he's a damn genius. Yeah, winning did care everything. Because <laughs> y'all was on his pole when, he, when they won that Super Bowl. <laughs> now everybody. How we got to go? Shoot, shoot. That, that, hey, that Rob, grease my pole didn't work. The whole thing was on the pole, pole shoot. Most of I'll be on the pole, too. No pole. All right, but we got to roll, man. Thanks for your call as usual. We holler at you next week, all right? Next week. Yo, God bless everybody. Y'all have a nice day. All right, you too. Peace. <laughs> all right, crazy, man. All right, man, what happened while we were on the grind? While everybody was on the grind so we can get up out of here. Yes, sir. While you on the grind is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, 1403 and go, yep. That's how you get to this time. You got to go, yep. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, Listen, snap. Man. Yo, Before you off, do that, Jim, man, rest in peace to the legend, man, Ray Liotta. Passed away yeah, man. while he was shooting a movie in his sleep. Shout out Hendrick. to Ray Liotta, man. And, and you know what Hendrick, made me, you know, because I'm, I'm down in the, you know, I got the, the Goodfellas poster up on the wall. I just looked over there like, oh, man, Ray Liotta did. Come on, Hendry? Yeah, shout out to Hendry. <laughs> Hendry. His greatest role ever and what I think is the greatest movie ever. That's just me, my Hendry. opinion. <laughs> yeah, so rest in peace though, to Hendry Hill, man. 
the fake one. Walmart released the Juneteenth ice cream, then pulled the Juneteenth ice cream back. It was a big backlash from the social media. Yo, Walmart. <laughs> Walmart got a lot of nerve, man. Yo, a lot of people didn't see the Juneteenth, the word on the ice cream carton was trademarked. It had a TM next to it. So there were some people out there who did the, the the research and found out who the trademark was by. I forgot the name of the company. But, yo, they out here trademarking the word Juneteenth. So as soon as, you know, they, quote, unquote, make us a holiday for something that we've been, you know, a lot of black people have been celebrating for years, like, they own it. <laughs> yeah, they got their little holiday, but we own it. So anything that say the word Juneteenth, like, this boy could pull rank if he feel like it and, and get paid off of it. Like, it's just crazy, man. America is a funny place, man. But but why yeah, Why do everybody else get tangible, you know, I'm sorry, and, like, for us, it will always be some form of symbolism. And a lot of time they get the symbolism wrong. Like, who the fuck told y'all that we wanted to celebrate Juneteenth with red velvet and cheesecake ice cream with with – yeah, with we, black and light skinned hands on it that only got four fingers. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do better, man. We gotta do better. For y'all people that are like comparing this to like Cinco de Mayo and all these other stuff, man, yo, F O H, man. Yeah. Like this is ridiculous. Like it's 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 always symbolism. It's always symbolism. Yo, I'm trying to laugh, but I just saw I just saw that James Worthy quote and I'm dying laughing because yo, James Worthy <laughs> 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 he, he angry. <laughs> And guys, old heads. Yeah, man. yeah. They sound like. Me. But anyway, um, they be taking it farther though. They be going personal. All they do is shoot threes and get tattoos. Damn, now you talking about their bodies? <laughs> yeah, like, calm yeah, down, man. Why I'm mad about the threes, but he talking about their tattoos. <laughs> anyway, um, shout out to Scavio. He said his mama told him about Juneteenth, and he was like nine years old. That's the thing. It's like so, we make a stink about something, and they think what we're asking for is for them to commercialize and capitalize off of it. So now all these stores selling Juneteenth decorations and all of that kind of stuff. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, Give man. me reparations. Shout out to my guy, Scott. Shout out to my guy, <laughs> Scott, man. Me and Scott, you trying to close the deal right now, man. And, and, and this deal closed, Scott, I promise you, I'm, I'm flying out there, man. I'm going to spend a couple of grand on escorts for you, man. So anyway, with that being y'all said. Try, um, y'all trying to close the deal, get your own reparations? <laughs> <laughs> But yo, anyway, next next story is about uh, your alma mater, man, HU. You know, H-U? Howard University is now a Jordan brand school. This is for Thomas being uh, alumni. So it's now now it's Air HU. Um, I mean, it's cool. I mean, everybody making a huge. I mean, we know Jordan brand is a huge deal, and Jordan brand in HBCUs is a huge deal because I think I think it's something like. Only four HBCUs in history have been under Jordan Brand. I know North Carolina A&T was the first back in the 90s, and then they went to something else and then went back to Jordan Brand recently. So it's definitely a big deal because, you know, <laughs> they always credit Mike with that um <laughs> with that uh, quote, Republicans buy sneakers too. So, yeah, yeah shout, out, shout out to Mike. The thing is, everybody – all the athletic programs at the university gets to, you know, sport a, a mics, except for the golf team. Because, you know, Steph Curry is pretty much financing the golf program and brought that back to life. So they got to stick with Curry mm-hmm. and stuff. So they got to wear that whack-ass Under Armour. But, 
Shout out to him. At least, yeah. at least Steph be coming, and they probably all met Steph. Everybody else ain't never gonna meet Mike. So, um, yeah, man. At least there's yo, that. So, <laughs> so, yo, this next story is kind of wild, man. Especially with the extra information that I'm getting, uh, you know, in the chat. But anyway, it says, um, Deshaun Watson admits to sexual activity with three of his 22 accusers. Bad move. Bad move, yo. He he basically said three of them did, you know, end with a happy ending, but it was consensual. Um, I mean, it's, it's – of course, that's what he's going to say. He could be telling the truth. But I think, you know, it's a bad move in these de- depositions to even admit to that unless you know somehow that they had some kind of crazy evidence, you know, this far in the future that you couldn't skate. But the fact that he's had like 40 different massage therapists, which is crazy when you think about it, like you're a professional athlete. You can go through the team and get the best of the best if you were just looking for the best, you know, best massage therapist out there. But the fact that you've gone through so many and you've met most of them on Instagram, 22 of them are accusing you of sexual misconduct. Then you admit that you did have sex with three of them. So now what it looks like is, okay, these allegations might be true because, it, you know, if he had sex with three of them, then that might have been his intentions all along, and he was only successful three different times. So what makes him believe that we're not going to believe these allegations if you did indeed have sexual activities with some of them? It means it just didn't work with everybody else. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think the Browns probably didn't play themselves again. <laughs> yeah, I want to know why the ball guy, why why on social media is video of a chick Mia Khalifa in his crib shooting hoops in a maid outfit. I don't know what my man is into, but Girl, this is recent. Know who Mia Khalifa is? This is yo, recent. I don't know. It's on. It's, like it's, after all, I have this? no idea. Yo, come on, dude. It you looks gotta like be it, man, squeaky but... clean after this. You can't objectify yo, not, women yo. in any way, <laughs> even if it was her idea to objectify herself. You got to say no. Nah. He's not too yo, bright. Yo, my dude, Deshaun Watson, is mad horny, yo. Why he, what's, what's wrong with this boy, man? Deshaun, what's wrong with this dude? Come on, man. What is wrong with this dude, man? Yeah. <laughs> yo, he got his chill, man. Yo, so, um, anyway, man. Something wrong with this dude. Anyway, Russia, man. You know, Russia Russia has banned 1,000 Americans. They include Joe this. Biden, Mark Zuckerberg, and Morgan Freeman. Why? Yo. Morgan Freeman from Russia, yo. Why? Yo, I've, I've been thinking about this for the last two days. Like, why? Like, I know he played the president in a few movies, but I don't know, like, the, yeah, the dialogue. I don't know the script. Like, did he say something, you know, greasy about Russia in one of his movies? Did is Putin yeah. just not a fan of Lean On Me? Like, he... I don't know. Like, he ain't like when he was bullying Sam's. Like, why would Morgan Freeman be banned from Russia? That's hilarious. I can see why I Joe Biden no would be it's banned. Like a- I can see why Mark Zuckerberg would be banned. Shoot, if, I can see why, you know, if a thousand names, I expect Barack Obama to be on that list. They said uh, yeah, Trump I, I, yo, is I, not on the list, of course. Um, interesting. Anthony Blinken. Pete uh, Buttigieg, Lloyd Austin, and Hillary Clinton are all on the list. But what Morgan Freeman do to this dude? Yo, that is hilarious, yo. Like, which Morgan Freeman movie pissed you off? 
Driving Miss Daisy or I, like I wanted Deshaun Watson on that list because he need to be. <laughs> yeah, watch all your all the Russian Russian women. Oh, but they said Barack Obama is not on the list. Actually, I'm looking at it now. Oh, let me find out. They said, um, yeah, Donald Trump is not on the list. Uh, Biden and his son Hunter are on the list. Um, yeah, Barack Obama and George W. Bush are not on the list, but Morgan Freeman is. No. <laughs> I got to see this list, man. Because Morgan Freeman had to be the most bizarre name for them to put him in the headline. But it got to be some other names that we're going to be like, yo, why is this person on the list? Like, (laughs) (laughs) this boy got (laughs) Megan Thee Stallion on the list or something like that. Yo, he got got, got T. Morant on the list. (laughs) (laughs) He's too too excited. He can't come. All right, man. Putin crazy, man. Anyway, man. I'm going to find out, I'm gonna find out why Morgan week. Freeman is banned from Russia. Though. While you That's were on the Grizz Naive. Before we get out of here, Dad, tell everybody what happened in dating sports history. Well, this dating sports history. Morgan Freeman got banned from Russia. Anyway, <laughs> this dating sports history brought you by Sports the Book. Um, oh, and shout out to Skyview, man. He, he said something about his blasphemy because there was no mention of LT in Sports the Book or, you know, Table of Gods. So... You got to deal with Scott View with that. He, he said that's blasphemous, man. Listen, man, I'm more, listen, it's documented. It's documented that I, uh, you got a whole video on a YouTube channel that I think LT is the greatest, the greatest defensive player to ever live. of all time, yeah. I can attest to that because we always argue because I got Reggie White and, and Jimmy got LT. Yeah. yeah and I got right, so, that video, too, by a lot of folks. A lot of Ray Lewis people <laughs> fucked me up. <laughs> All right, but it's brought to you by Sports the Book. Y'all know what it is, man. Go to worldroomsports.com or sportsthebook.com to get your copy today. May 26, 1990, our Philadelphia Phillies retired future baseball Hall of Fame third baseman Mike Schmidt's uniform, number 20. So not a lot going on that day, but uh, Mike Schmidt <laughs> did get his number retired by the Philadelphia Phillies. Um yeah. Even though Mike was the greatest third baseman in Philly's history, he got like a a love hate relationship <laughs> with the city and the fans. Um, a shout out oh, to I Mike Schmidt. Like, yo, and, and by the way, Mike, my hate for Mike Schmidt's mentioned in sports the book, so it's to tie it all together. But yeah, F Mike Schmidt. <laughs> yo, um, yo. That being said, man, let's get out of here, man. Let's keep yeah, this very brief. I just want to tell everybody, listen, we we appreciate love and support that we get from everybody. Um, you know, keep it up. Check us out next week. Um, check out everything at the Hub, and our Hub is WarRoomSports.com. You can find us um, on all the social media platforms at Warroom Sports, but you can also get all of that at WarRoomSports.com. Um, you can catch all of our webcasts, podcasts, our you know, like I said, our social media, sports the book. You can get that too at the Hub of WarRoomSports.com. But Yo. until next time, everybody, going to set mediocrity. Go ahead, you got it. No, I was just going to tell everybody, Black, if you got to go to Walmart or Target this week, go to one in the white neighborhood. But use Instacart. Yeah. Yo, (laughs) don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see each other on top. Have your hammer ready when Instacart comes too. They might be crazy as well. Yo. Every Thursday, 6 to 8, they do this. Shout out to Dev. 
DJ Be often dot bay on replay WarRoomSports.com Get that mobile app it's knocked out, call it 323-14-0012 They be going and you sensitive, then oh well yeah. Physical podcast, the tough push Showtime like magic in the block push magic. Listen live, push one to join in Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment Hip-hop dollars, tip-stop knowledge Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college Five guys, no beef though Secret, secret, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a chief flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours, get your game up. Who's the best in sports cast? You better name us. War Room Sports. War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.